you have a STEM class at your school, or if you're a parent at your at your child's school, hello, my name's Chuck. I'm an educator with a new job this year, and a, this half year new podcast. Uh, I started this in August when I started a new job and had got this new commute, and um, this podcast is me on the way to work or from work, um, thinking about teaching my family, my faith, pop culture, politics, news, how all that comes together. Um, something I haven't talked about a lot yet. So thanks for being here. And thanks for being shotgun today. Something I don't remember if I've talked about yet is that in January I started an educational specialist program online at Northwest Missouri State. Go Bearcats! And so I have a lot of new things that I'm thinking about and in the way that I'm thinking because uh, the point of this ed specialist program is to help educators get administrator certification. So I'm looking at things from a leadership principal eye, uh, even maybe more than I have been in the the past. Um, But... So this week in my advanced middle school class, if you thought middle school was hard the first time, think about advanced middle school. I think it's called that because there's probably an adva- or a, a regular quote middle school class in their undergraduate teacher development program. But anyway, uh, so in advanced middle school this past week, we were talking about interdisciplinary teaming, which is when you were in middle school, or if you are in middle school, probably you were on a team that had a math teacher, a science teacher, a social studies teacher, an English teacher, and uh, a group of kids had all those those teachers in common. Uh, And that's part of what is supposed to be a middle school, is that um, teachers share kids so that teachers can look out for kids a little bit better than we're able to do in high school. So, my assignment this week was to look up an article in a journal or in a period, a teacher education periodical about interdisciplinary teaming and to write a paper about it, pretty much. Uh, so, I found this one uh, from the Phi Delta Kappen, March 2019, from Gary Wheelbacher, uh, who was talking about STEM. And how STEM was um, the secret to making middle schools work the way they're supposed to. Um, something I so I taught in middle school for six years and never really learned the the history of the middle school movement. Um, maybe my principal just assumed we all had it. Uh, maybe if you go to school to be a middle school teacher, you learn all of this stuff, but. Uh, I was just a middle school teacher because I went to high school. I went to Mizzou to be a high school teacher and then took the middle school test. Like, that was the only reason I got there. Um, but so, in a middle school, um, to help students with the particular needs of young adolescents, um, we do this interdisciplinary teaming, um, we do advisory or homeroom. Um, we do these exploratory classes. Maybe when you were middle school, you had 
Spanish for eight weeks, French for eight weeks, computer for eight weeks, stuff like that. And one another thing that we see often, uh, that I see uh, when I look at like jobs that are posted and, and what teacher different teachers do is we have STEM teachers now, um, science, technology, engineering, math teachers who that's an elective at the school uh, as kids can take STEM class and when I look at STEM products uh, on the market and what STEM lessons, STEM quote-unquote lessons typically look like, um, they are a lot about coding, they're a lot about using Sphero robots or uh, building a thing out of cardboard, but rarely does a quote STEM lesson deeply cover science or deeply cover uh, math. They always include that technology, really, and um, they'll they do pretty good at the engineering. So I'd, I'd even say typically a STEM class is really just an engineering class. Uh, but what uh, Gary Wheelbacher was talking about in this article was that um, one thing that is supposed to be true for a middle school, the way the movement developed in uh, the 1960s was that uh, the teachers are supposed to plan interdisciplinary units together. Um, so that what the kids are learning isn't all of their classes. Um, I have been trying to think about when I did this in my middle school, uh, when I was a student, and I, I think we really only did this one time in eighth grade. Um, I can't even remember what it was about. Um, we had. American history in eighth grade, so it's probably related to the Constitution, maybe, thinking about the time of the year that we did it. Um, and we spent a few days doing this thematic unit in all of our classes. Uh, but that was really the only time that we did it. And so that was part of the critique that Wheelbacher had, was that um, even schools that say they're doing it interdisciplinary or cross-curricular units uh, on their teams they're they're really only doing it twice a year maybe um, and what he suggested was that a stem framework um, or a steam framework to pull in the um, humanities English and social studies teachers um, a steam framework is a great way to ensure that your middle school is doing cross-curricular interdisciplinary units um, to, to know that we're always going to robustly combine the different subjects uh, into large units um, and, and I think I think it's it's from a leadership standpoint, it's what you have to do if you're going to say you do STEM or you do STEAM in your school. Um, if you just have a STEM or a STEAM class, um, then first of all, that's just optional for a lot of kids. That you're not going to get, um, you're either going to use that as an exploratory class on, um, on kids' explorations whenever they do that in sixth or seventh grade. 
And so maybe everybody gets to do it, but they don't get to do it for that long. Um, or you're gonna have that STEM class as an elective and then only, I don't know, a quarter of the kids get to do it maybe. Half at best, um, depending on what the schedule looks like. Uh, and so then that says that integrated interdisciplinary units uh, are optional and not every kid's gonna get that. Um, and even worse, I think sometimes people think that's what the gifted class is supposed to do. Uh, and that's even more of a travesty, educational inequity, uh, because um, in a lot of ways, those STEM classes are exactly what, quote, non-gifted kids need to get them interested in learning. So, like, there's already kind of a stigma for um, gifted education. And then when we take really cool ideas and really cool experiences and only give them to that population of kids, it, it just further polarizes that stigma and that, that conversation about gifted education. Um, so, what I know from my experience as a middle school teacher the last six years, well, as sort of a middle school teacher. Um, and I say sort of because I was in a middle school but still teaching high school courses uh, because we accelerated all of our, um, all of our math students were accelerated. So by the time they got to eighth grade, they were, they were done with middle school math actually. Um, and so I was teaching algebra one to most of our eighth graders and I was teaching geometry to uh, about 20 of our 8th graders uh, every year. So that made it a little more difficult to do this interdisciplinary um, studies with the other two amazing teachers on my team because uh, I didn't have that flexibility that middle school curriculum is supposed to have and, and is built to have uh, because I was, I was having to keep up and follow along with what was happening in the high school. And, and that lean toward content specificity and finishing that course and having an end of course exam like we have in Algebra 1 in Missouri, um, that was actually one reason why, um, according to lots of research for middle school, why, why middle schools don't do the, the team planning thing very well is because they get really focused on their reading and math scores. And that was a thing that we had to do at, at my middle school was, um, besides being the STEAM school, we were also responsible for getting the best test scores in the district because we had only those gifted and high achieving kids. Um, so if our kids didn't do, quote, how they were supposed to do uh, on those state tests, then um, that was just going to be another drop in the bucket of kids that weren't performing well on on the assessments. Um, but the best things that we did at that school, uh, and that they're still doing, uh, the best things they're doing there are when those teachers who have lots of training in project-based learning, lots of training in integrating STEM, and lots of experience in doing that, when those teachers have the um, time to plan and the 
flexibility to play in those units together. That is the best things that they do at that school. Uh, it's amazing professional development for the teachers. It's amazing experiences for the kids. Uh, it stresses them out, usually in a good way, um, like because they, they just deeply care about it and they want to do a good job. And, you know, in, in some ways, that's the first time that those kids, that those kids as, as middle schoolers really um, interact with that. Um, like having rigorous, um, difficult work, integrating all those thoughts together into a product that they deeply care about. Um, that was a lot of the, that was the first time that a lot of those students um, were, were interacting with that. And sometimes we stress them out because we didn't do a good job with our deadlines. Um, but even when we did a really good job with our deadlines, um, some kids were staying up really late just because um, they were spending a lot of time on the products that they cared about. Um, and so, full circle, uh, if you have a STEM class at your school, um, I want to um, encourage you to question what's really happening in that class. Um, how are math and science standards from your state being integrated into that class? Uh, or is that class really just robot and computer time? Or build with cardboard time? Um, that's valuable and we need to give kids those experiences also. Um, but a much deeper, meaningful learning experience is gonna come when the staff at a school are all STEM trained. Um, maybe they have STEM certificates. There's a university in the St. Louis area that, that has a STEM program that, that I have one also. Um, I have a certificate from that program. Um, but everyone needs to be STEM certified if you're going to say you do STEM at your school. Um, because it's not just, I learned how to use ro robots. Uh, it's a whole mindset. Uh, it's a way of thinking about your standards in your classes. And it's a way of thinking about planning and collaborating together as a staff. Uh, and that's where STEM is useful and where STEM is meaningful and where STEM matters. I'm at school, so this is a good time to wrap up this podcast. Let me know what you think about STEM education or STEAM. Uh, how does that look like at your school or your child's school or when you were in school? Whatever whatever age bracket you fit into. I have teenagers on up to grandparents uh, that listen to this podcast. And thank you always for listening. Uh, so when you let me know what you think, you can hit me on the X at Chuck C. Baker or Instagram at Mr. C. Baker for math or at Drive Time Diary. Or you can put a comment on this on YouTube. Uh, we're on YouTube Music now. And um, always in real life, you can let me know what you say then too. Uh, we'll see you on the next drive. Stay safe.